0: Hey, No Bad Dog Army, happy Monday. Putting out another podcast for you guys. This is a wonderful podcast with a year and a half year old Fox Terrier mix working on bunch of different things. Uh, Somebody sounds like somebody put the e-collar on, used it improperly. The dog is starting to get stressed about that. I talk about the difference between positive reinforcement and and other things. And and we we go over a lot of different things. We go over how to reintroduce the remote collar after it's been misused, potentially. We go over how to find a good dog trainer in your area, the things to look for, the things to ask for. Go over resource guarding. We go over impulse control. We go over so much. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys, as of right now, The No Bad Dog Members Club is open and for the rest of the year up until January 1st it's going to be locked in at $19.99 for all of 2022. So if you guys want to get into the No Bad Dog Members Club right now is the time to do it. The link is in the description below. If you're unfamiliar from what that is the No Bad Dog Members Club is essentially a community club that you guys get to go into for $19.99 just like 60 cents a day or something like that. Just so you know People spend thousands of dollars flying me all over the place, coming into the facility, working with me. You guys see my YouTube videos? They're 20 minutes long. These videos are an hour, sometimes more, and we're uploading them twice a week sometimes. Also, we just added into the No Bad Dog Members Club as a bonus. I'm also doing once a week live Q&As on the membership club. So you're getting live with me once a week. You're getting multiple videos uploaded once a week. You're getting behind the scenes. You're getting uncut things that don't get to the YouTube channel. We uploaded our entire UK seminar on there. Um, I could easily be charging easily $200 a month for this. I mean, so much content highly produced by my production team. It's $20 a month, guys. And that price right now is locked in for all of next year. So if you want to sign up, now's the time to do it. Link is in the description below. Hope you guys join. Hope to see you there. Lots of fun stuff going on, supporting the No Bad Dog Army. Enjoy the podcast and make sure you listen to the end so you can hear your dog training question get answered by moi.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Good, how you doing?
1: Oh, not too bad.
0: Awesome. What's, what's going on?
1: <laughs> well, I've got a little rescue named Annie. She is a toy fox terry chihuahua mix. Hmm. And she is extremely impulsive.
0: Hmm. How old is she,
1: you said? She's, she's a year and a half, so I got her when she was a year old. Mm -hmm. um she came from a hoarding situation of 30 other animals Mm. and she's got two gnarly scars on the top of her head the vet assumes another dog bit down on her when Mm -hmm. she was a puppy and so we've been working with um some training as she does phenomenal inside the house um, if there's no distractions but as soon as we go out the door if she sees another dog, it's kind of game over. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, we've used a positive reinforcement trainer in the beginning um, because mm-hmm. the rescue required positive reinforcement only. And that was okay, except she became very dependent on the treats. So, sure. uh, you know, as soon as she got the treat, she was gone again. She's like, oh, I got my treat. I did what I needed to do. Sure. Um, and then we tried another trainer who introduced us to the e collar, but I think that they may have introduced her improperly because um, mm. they used the educator on her and they had it set at a 16. Okay. And said she's just stubborn.
0: Hmm.
1: When, and when you say uh, set
0: it at 16, that means that was your baseline. Yeah, like, that was the stim conditioning. Setting. Okay.
1: Yep. They, they didn't go lower than that, and then when they tried to walk her up against a dog park to try and see what she would do, they ramped it up to a 21.
0: And they ramped it up why? Uh,
1: to deter her reaction. because oh, she was reacting? Uh, she was reacting to another dog that had come up to the fence.
0: Got it. Okay.
1: Um... And since then, I've tried to put the e-collar on her again, and she's been absolutely terrified. Just the sight of it. She sh- starts shaking and hiding under the couch. She wants nothing to do with it. Okay. Um, so I've avoided using it. I've used, with some success, an air tool when we've walked, and she would start to bark or growl mm-hmm. at another dog. And that would capture her attention, and then I could get her to sit and go down and sit and go down and try and get her to do some tricks.
0: Mm-hmm. okay um
1: and, and that works sometimes okay so yeah so your <laughs>
0: your your main concern is the reactivity
1: yeah yeah we okay. would like to you know we're out in colorado we'd like to be able to walk in our neighborhood without her being reactive to another dog and it doesn't help that one of our neighbor's dog actually jumped the fence while we were walking her one day and tried to attack her (laughs) Mm -hmm. that doesn't doesn't help anybody no no it does not well and uh, we go hiking so there's dogs off leash all the time so they Mm want to sniff her
0: how is she normally with 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 i mean i know that you said that she's reactive on the leash but how is she with dogs
1: so yes. surprisingly she does pretty well when she's not on leash. Um, mm-hmm. My sister's dog um, She's pretty much bonded to at this point and they play wonderfully with each other. She kind of Treats my sister's dog who's a husky mix almost like she's her mom. She mm-hmm. does a lot of licking of the muzzle mm-hmm. okay. um, yeah. And we've we've introduced her to other dogs before uh, You know two male blue healers a puppy husky a giant black lab and she's fine with them um you know she'll try to instigate a little bit because well she's a chihuahua
0: yep okay
1: but if she does do a little resource guarding we're working on that uh, especially of us so if another dog tries to cuddle up with us on the couch she'll try to snake her way in between them and us
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she's like no those are my people back off
0: <laughs> yeah but her her snaking to to you guys is better than Some of the, I just posted a video on my YouTube channel with this uh, blue healer that's resource guarding. Yeah. Did you see it?
1: I just watched that one last night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That
0: (laughs) could be, I I guess my point is, is it definitely could be worse. Is that dog? Oh, for sure. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot we didn't get on film. Um, We just, we weren't rolling, but that dog was pretty, uh, pretty reactive. But anyway, so it could be worse, I guess. So your, so your main concern is the leash reactivity when you're out on a walk in your neighborhood.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we would really like to take her on hikes. She loves them. She could go eight miles, no problem. Yeah. Um, but when we hit those narrow pathways with other dogs, I mean, it broke my heart when a little boy walked past Annie and she was losing her mind. And he goes, that dog's a bad dog. Our dog's a good dog. And I'm like, oh my God, she's not a bad dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. All right. So, Okay. And it also sounds like, too, kind of re- readjusting the remote collar, if possible, to try to maybe reintroduce that.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if I'm the best person to be doing that, but I have set the e-collar out in an area that she can see it all the time, so she's not, you know, mm-hmm. freaking out at its presence.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, th- that, that's a, that's a good place to start, for sure, is desensitizing it being there. And that's why it's it, it's tough, you know. It's it's very important for, and I talk about that a lot in my my videos and anything else that I do. Just in general, is you know that's the hard thing about using equipment and using modern equipment with uh, you know uh, people who I don't know. Everybody has their own style, so I don't even want to say it's wrong, but uh, you know it is it is frustrating to to to, to hear these types of things. I, I have seen it firsthand. As well. So, anyway, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that as well. Because I think it'll be good when you're off-leash. If you're off-leash and you're, um, you know, out in the trail and stuff. Especially living in Colorado, it would be nice for you to be able to still enjoy the off-leash stuff if we can recondition it. Yeah. Okay. So, right now, you go out. She's on. Explain me her equipment when you're out and you're walking in your neighborhood where you're having the problem.
1: Um, so, right now, I, I have tried the slip lead on her for out three months, Mm -hmm. but I stopped using the slip lead because she's just so impulsive that she just doesn't care that it's there. And you know, we get that panting, that raspiness. And so I stopped using that, switched her to a prong recently, Mm -hmm. micro prong. Um, And she does a lot better on that. Okay. Um, So we usually have that paired with a harness as a backup Mm -hmm. um, just because of how small she is. But, that's that's her setup currently
0: and how how is her obedience would you say how good is she
1: when there isn't a whole bunch of stimulation she's pretty good she's eager to please um even i've even got her to the point that i don't have to say anything when we're walking past the threshold at the front of the house she sits before i walk out i look at her then she can walk out and then she sits until i close the door and then we're on our way
0: that's good how about your heel? How how's your heel with her?
1: She so once once she gets her energy out, she's fine. But at the beginning, she's just like, "Oh, I'm so excited! We're outside! We're on a walk! Sure. Oh my God! I want to sniff everything!" And then about five minutes in, she's right at a heel, and I don't have to correct her at all.
0: Okay. So when you're out and you're walking, and then she starts to react, worse. I'm just trying to figure out where, what's going, what's where are we going wrong? So when you're out, yeah. you're walking, she sees another dog, she starts to react.
1: Yeah, and. I think part of that is also to do with my sister's dog, so they usually walk together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, my sister's dog will start to do a slight whine because she wants to play with the other dog that she sees. Mm-hmm. And then Annie immediately takes that as, oh my gosh, there's somebody coming, I need to protect everyone.
0: hmm yeah.
1: And so she, the fur goes up, ears are perked forward, there is no grasping her attention. At that point, even if I try to get her to turn away, she's still looking back.
0: Okay. And when you when you turn, what do you like? What are you doing? Like, explain to me what happens. I mean, let's just say you're out for a walk, you see another random dog. She starts to perk up and and engage and get stimulated. What 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 else happens? What do you do?
1: So usually, I'm trying to give her a command to um, her heel command to come back with me. Mm-hmm um and then if i can get her attention we'll go into other tricks to keep her distracted Mm -hmm. but if i don't get her attention we'll just keep increasing that distance from the other dog until she until she is listening to me and in the beginning that was quite a bit of distance and now we've kind of shortened that a bit as long as the other dog doesn't pay her much attention if the other dog's paying her attention then she's going to keep retorting back
0: so when you, when you say attention, uh, is she reacting? Is she barking? Is she growling? Is she lunging? Or is she just looking?
1: He, she she's barking and she's usually trying to hop up onto her feet. Okay. Her back feet. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and if she's ever, we've not ever introduced her to another dog on the leash because of the concern of she's ten pounds. Usually, other dogs probably sixty pounds. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if she
1: is an asshole they might turn around and bite her back and, well, a bite on her versus another dog that yeah. size yep. could be life-threatening.
0: For sure. So, okay, and you so you're trying to do a directional change, go the other way and say heal? Yes. And that's not working?
1: Mm, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't.
0: Okay. Are you reinforcing it with anything? Are you using, like, the prong collar to correct her?
1: I do use the prong collar. That does work. Um, before the prong collar, I'd use treats. Mm-hmm. Um, which I want to avoid using because again, once she has it, her attention's back on that dog again. Mm
0: -hmm. Sure. Okay. So what, what I would do is just do a little bit of combination of both is do that directional change or a tune up that calibration that I talk about a lot. You turn, you say heal. If she doesn't heal, she gets that pop. And if she, if she does, obviously she gets paid. And I would be using a little bit of food when you're out, especially if she's food motivated. Like you want to use that to your advantage. You just don't want to depend on it. Okay. So, and the other thing is, is uh, and and I, you know, what you said earlier about using a positive only trainer. I mean, it's just part of part of the the world we live in. Uh, it's it's a very common thing for any positive only type of trainer to also just do a lot of food luring <laughs> instead of marking and, and capturing, which would mean. You want you want to use food. You want to use reward. That's kind of the beauty of teaching a dog what they're supposed to be doing. You just don't want to completely, like, remove the dog from the scenario so they don't have an opportunity to learn. So what happens is a lot of people is, like, put a hot dog on the ground. They'll spin their arm and just redirect the dog in the other direction, which isn't terrible. It's just if you can not do that, that would be better for the dog's long-term because what you can do is you can ask a dog to heal, go the other direction. If they comply, you can then pay that dog with that external food or whatever. Uh, But you really want to pay the dog for making a better decision instead of dragging the dog away from the other dog. So when it comes to positive reinforcement, I always tell people that there's just as much damage with positive reinforcement as you can with positive punishment or any other quadrant of how animals learn. It's, it, it, it's something that you can like you, like you and a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the people I talk to is th- that positive only kind of overrides the, the actual behavior of the dog. Okay. Well They don't think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we call anytime we give her treats, rocket fuel. Cause right. as soon as she gets it, she's back to the end of the leash.
0: Yeah, so so that takes yeah, and that's that's just the difference between like a skilled positive only trainer and, and maybe not because I, you know if you're working with reactivity with positive only as far as positive reinforcement only what you can do is you can you can gain some ground and gain some success but of course it's not long term because the dog isn't actually learning anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? The dog the dog isn't actually learning how to make a better decision if you're luring away every time because they're not thinking about the problem, which is the reactivity and making a decision to not react and then getting paid. What's happening is, is they're seeing the dog, they start to make the bad decision and then they get lured away. So it doesn't actually fix the problem ever and help them get over it. It just kind of blinds them to the, to the other direction. So if, if the dog does have that rock rocket fuel motivation, I would take full advantage of that and be using that, but you have to do it very skillfully as you're working through this process. So she actually understands why she's getting paid and the timing of your handling is, is gotta be really on cue, really on par.
1: And and that's the other thing. So (laughs) she's really quick when she turns so quick that I don't catch it most times. What do you mean? So, um, for example, if uh, – let's see here. I guess this morning we have, a, we have three cats, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she does fine with them, but there's one cat in particular that she thinks is a, a, a little squirrel and wants to play with. She doesn't hurt her at all. When she does that, it's so fast when she turns around on the cat that I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Mm -hmm. don't do that yeah there there is no there is no signal for me to go off of or at least that i can see on her at least with my basic knowledge Mm -hmm. to correct it and so it's kind of an after effect and i'm like i don't think i'm getting through to her with that yeah and so the same thing will happen when we're passing other dogs if we get surprised around a corner or something mm
0: -hmm. yeah no it makes sense uh it's it's just one of those things that you you're, you have a terrier, so you're not going to always be able to catch the terrier doing terrier things. So, And that's okay. You don't always have to – I mean, it would be nice, but it's not realistic for you to always catch that when it happens. What what you want to do is your, your voice needs to mean something, and that's what reinforcement does. That's what punishment can do. That's what positive reinforcement and payment can do is when you say something, the dog is going to do it because – Sometimes they want to get paid, and they're waiting for possible payment. And the other times is is they don't want to get in trouble or they don't want to get punished. That's that's vi- that's how we learn as human beings. That's how animals learn in the animal kingdom. Like a deer's walking through the woods, they get shot at. They hear the loud boom. Um, they run away. Now they're now they're shy of what that is, right? But before that, they probably didn't know any better. Just to give you an example okay. of like. I mean, just a far-off example, but when, when you're dealing with dogs, it's very similar. Is If you say, hey, this is what I want you to do. So my point is, is if the terrier, if she turns around and she tries to go after the cat and you say, hey, leave it, that leave it should be ingrained into the dog where that means you can't do that. And then you call the dog over to you and you say, place or sit and stay. And it would be the same thing if somebody walked into your house right now. I mean, cat aside. Like, somebody walked into your house, your dog started barking and playing, getting excited. Because a lot of people have this problem of, I don't always know who's going to walk by my window. I don't always know who's going to walk by my door, who's going to walk in the house. Same thing with you. is You don't always know when she's going to engage into terrier play with the cat. So your obedience is, is what turns it on.
1: Okay. So then the other question I have is... In some situations, say barking at the door when people are there or something, there are some occasions where we actually do want her to do that because it's a deterrent, Mm -hmm. but then there are other times where we're like, no, you don't need to be doing that. Mm -hmm. And so the trainer that introduced us to the e-caller, I mean, initially, uh, he had told me don't associate the stimulation with a command because if you don't want her doing it ever, it doesn't have a command.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so, like for example, when she would pull on the leash, they would hit the stem without a command, at just so she would know never ever pull on the leash. Right.
0: Well, there's two big things with that. Is a uh, with the barking is you just said that you do want her to bark, so that's not applicable. And the other thing is, is if you do give her a break, which is you have to then she has an opportunity to break but if you're correcting a dog for giving any type of leash pressure on the leash the dog's gonna be very confused if you do try to give her a break in the future so um yeah
1: okay yeah that was my concern so we'll use the leave it command um when we don't want her barking at something in particular Mm -hmm. like for example we've got kids that walk past the back of our house cuz the bus routes back there and yeah she'll see them and start barking and i'm like um no those are okay but then we'll have maintenance workers on our back fence yeah and we do want her barking
0: mhm yeah well if yeah and it's really up to you i mean dogs are smart animals and and so I, like i like you said and and like i said earlier is your obedience is when you say, hey, leave it, that's where your dog has to actually do it. Okay. So I, I would agree that it's not fair to, I mean, there's there's just, and, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know this other trainer at all. And even if I did, I would just say, I don't know the context of what you were talking about. You know, just to, just to be fair, because I get that all the time with content that I put out. People have no idea the context. They're looking at a situation that they might try to apply to a, you know, a fluffy little dog and it doesn't make any sense. But the point is, is I think that that's just communication. If your trainer says this dog is never allowed to pull on a leash and if they do, you're going to hit the e-collar and then you're like, okay, well then that's going to, that's going to fly. But if you're like, yeah, but what about if my dog is on a break or what about if I'm hiking with my dog and they're just on a long line or whatever? I mean, then that's not going to make any sense. So I don't, know the context of how that was applied but what we do know is right now what we're talking about makes sense and so if you want the dog to not bark that has to be reinforced by something that they care about because that's the only thing they're going to listen to in the beginning
1: so how do we transfer that leave it command then because right now her leave it command you know i can drop food on the floor in front of her and walk past it no problem Mm -hmm. And then I'll give her her break command, and she can go and eat it. Mm-hmm. But um, transferring that to no, you shouldn't be barking at that person who's about to walk through their front door mm-hmm. it seems to escape her because now it's not food.
0: Right. Well, now that, it's a person. Yeah, that there, there. I guess I don't. I don't want to say it, there's no transfer, but that's that's you. You're you're the one that makes that work or not. Hey guys, hope you guys are enjoying this podcast so far. I wanted to just give you guys a reminder. As of right now, the No Bad Dog Members Club is 19.99 per month. And after the holidays, after the New Year, I don't, I can't guarantee it's gonna be that price forever. Just to let you guys know, as far as value goes, is I'm, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to promote this platform because we work really hard on it, and I know it's helping a lot of people. This is a safe community. Just, just to remind you guys, like this is something that people pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for for my training sessions, whether they're flying me to their their house or they're coming into the facility, and my production team is filming the whole thing, and they're putting it up on the members' club, usually twice a week. Not only that, but you're getting a live with me as well. You're getting a live once a week with me as well, and we're going to answer your dog training questions. It's an awesome, awesome thing. I just wanted to let, let you know, give you a reminder. If you guys sign up now, up until the new year, you're locking yourself in for 19.99 forever, or at least for the next year, so... Go and check it out. Link's in the description. Go join the official No Bad Dog Members Club. Support the movement. Get some more content in. Let's get back to the podcast. So, okay, let me give you an example. If it was my dog, like Lakota, my shepherd. So you you, you have to have good obedience to control any dog. If you don't have good obedience, which means you don't know how to communicate well. And if you don't know how to communicate well, not only can you not communicate, but you can't communicate when there's a problem. Right. Or when, so if, if, if you don't, so put it this way, if you can't ask your dog to do five things off leash really well, right. And then if you can't do that without treats or whatever, or punishment or leashes, if you can't do that yet, then, then when there's a problem or when something happens, there's no way you're going to be able to apply any of that because you can't even get down the first step. So that's something I always ask people to really audit. It's like, well, my dog, you know, I don't know. So whatever. So anyway, so my point is, it's like (laughs) if it was my my dog and somebody came to the door and my dog was barking, I would be able to deactivate the barking, send her away to her bed and stay her there. And that person could come in and then go back out and it wouldn't matter. But that's because of my obedience. Okay. So, but obedience is going to, overpower I I guess if you will some of the some of the behavior that she wants to do so it's suppression she wants to do something like that video you saw with the blue healer that was suppression and compulsion (laughs) because the dog the dog said I want to lunge out of this van and bite that person in the face and once we corrected the dog for doing it that's compulsion that's suppression that's saying we know what you want to do you need to make better decisions and by the end of that video you saw she did she did so much better. I mean, we had two people she's never met come up to the van, she didn't bark for the first time. So anyway, so my point is is that obedience, that will leave it or the whatever that you want to use for the disengagement is what stops some of that. But you got to okay. you got to have good obedience because if you don't Okay. it's not going to work.
1: And and we've been or I correction, I've been working on her obedience for I, I try to do a half hour every day with her mm-hmm. just to get her to work on that. Um, yeah. Good. And, and, like I said, she's, she's been picking up on it pretty quickly, and now I'm just trying to figure out what new things to teach her because, well, she likes to do the new things.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's that's good, all that's good, but you have to make sure that you're doing it, um, I guess, correctly, and you have to be doing it beneficial. Like, if the dog, okay. yeah, yeah. So, you that's good that you're doing obedience. You just want to start practicing the things that you're having problems
1: with first. And I guess, well, and we try to do a lot of them out on leash too, just yeah. because I want to introduce that stimulation that she, distracts her so much.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh... Well, I, I guess my point is, it's just. That makes sense, but you you also have to make sure that you're building up into that out off leash point too. Like your obedience okay. has to be good. Like like I said before, there's levels to obedience. There's there's levels. There's grades. There's uh, beginner and then great. And if you aren't doing beginner, you can't touch great. So okay, my point is is if you can't heal your dog down your hallway in your home don't go outside and expect your dog to heal for a foot without doing that work first. And you can apply okay. that to everything. Heal, leave so, it, whatever.
1: Yeah. We've, we've been able to do the heel, no problem in the house, mm-hmm. um, with and without the leash.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I, I wasn't actually talking about the heel. I'll just oh, giving you yeah. an example. <laughs> like I was okay. just saying, that's what, that's what a lot of people do is they, you, you can't go outside and work on anything. Like literally anything, unless you can do it in a non-distracted environment, and that's where a lot of people have a problem. Okay. Yeah. So just yeah. be just be cautious of that. So, so I would say right now, getting back to the reactivity, getting back to the the, the problems that you're having, when you turn directions, and she starts to build and you turn, is she just like spinning her head back, looking, and you're on this, you're on the prong collar, correcting her. I mean, what's happening?
1: So we haven't had the run in yet with the prong collar. Um, we did. We did actually have some success last night. Mm -hmm. So we have a neighbor who has these two big old German shepherds. They're absolute sweethearts when they're not behind a fence, but behind a fence, they have barrier aggression. Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll lose their minds when we walk (laughs) past them on the sidewalk.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And so we usually have to go out in the street to avoid them. Yep. But this time with the prong collar, we were able to stay on the sidewalk. She had maybe two barks. Uh, come out of her, but she didn't pull at all. She's like, I see them, they're barking at me, they're getting really angry. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'll bark at them twice and I corrected her and she was fine after that once we got around the corner, Mm -hmm. which was kind of a big step because before she would still have all that energy built up from being so worked up. Yeah. That, and anything after that walk was just, I'm not going to listen to you. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just too, just too fired up, too stimulated.
1: Yeah, and yeah. surprisingly, that that go around, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're not, we're not worked up. We're not pulling to the end of the leash. We're staying right next to me.
0: Mhm. Yeah, so, that's good. That's good.
1: Yeah, that, that was it was really nice last night, and she also she has a really bad habit of eating anything and everything she finds on mm. a sidewalk. Mm. Mhm. Uh, dead worms are her favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> And I'm like, we can't can't be eating things because I don't need to take you to the vet for an emergency right. surgery or.
0: Yeah, that's what the, that's what the leave it comes down into, for sure.
1: It, and again, she's on it right so fast, and I'm just like, leave it. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, nope, my mouth's already on it. Yeah,
0: yeah, and th- but that's what that's where you have to adopt to the particular dog though. Like th- then you have to say, okay, you don't understand, Tom. My dog doesn't give me that opportunity to say leave it. So then you have to get creative as a dog owner and say, what can I do then? I don't know, muzzle your dog, um, watch your dog more. Um, I mean, there's 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 other things that you can do to to limit some of these things, and then work on a really nice leave it to or out. So you okay. could, you could go to the secondary command of. Okay, if the leave it of dis, a proactive disengagement isn't going to work, you can switch to a really good uh, leave it, or I'm sorry, a good out, or whatever you want to say to drop whatever's in their mouth. And then, then you have okay. to go to the next level. It's like, yeah, well, we don't know that. Well, then you can't work on it. So then you have to start working on it. You know, and those are things that you have to work on externally, kind of p- behind the scenes, if you will, before you start to apply it to the dead worms. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, <sighs> okay. Yeah, that, that's, I guess, is a good way to start a, the out command. Could we practice with her toys? I mean, she loves playing with her toys. Yeah,
0: yep. You just you okay. just work on your out or your drop or whatever you want to mark it as, and, and, and it just takes time to, to teach it, and that's something that will take you – some dogs are really good at it, but other dogs take a little bit of time to understand what that is. Okay. Especially with a terrier. like That prey drive kicks in, and they just want to hold on to that thing. In their oh, good and, God!
1: Yeah. <laughs> she, she's, yeah. She uh, she, once she gets even a scent, if it is a really enticing scent, I mean, mm-hmm. she will dive her whole body on top of that scent. Yeah. Because she wants to, she wants to smell it that yeah. badly.
0: So the prong collar is new uh, to what? Uh, how many? How long have you had it? A week. Okay, yeah. So I I think that that's going to be really helpful and like to a lot of my clients that I work with. It's just about reinforcement. It's about Some, so some dogs, and I always talk about corrections and punishment and all this stuff. I mean, if you get a fearful dog, the pressure and the correction and the tools are going to be different from a terrier that is confidently going after anything that moves because they're terriers and that's what they want to do. And they're not, you know, whatever. So, so there's, there's, there's different corrections and different pressures and different tools and different things for different dogs. So when I say a correction, it doesn't always mean a prong collar or an e-collar or a slip collar. It's just so, but my, my point is, is. When you're when you're using a correction that the dog finally cares about, that's you got to think as a dog owner. That's your punishment. That's your reinforcement behind what you've said. So if you if you tell your dog to this is what I want you to do, and your punishment, whatever that is, if it's a look, if it's a ah, uh, uh, if it's a whatever, who who the, that's not my job to, to to tell you what exactly you should do. I just give you some options, right? But
1: so should should we associate the correction to a a, a look or a phrase or something?
0: No, you don't, you don't okay. want to, no, you, no. So you're, Okay. so let's say if she see, so let's heal is like the best way to do it. If she sees another dog or she sees a squirrel or she sees the cat and you're outside and you say heal, that is your overlaying. This is what I want you to do. Okay. okay. So This is the behavior I want you to do. Heal, which is walk at my heels on the left side, loose leash. Okay. Now, if she doesn't heal, that's where the correction comes in. Do you see what all I'm right, saying? So the right. correction, yep. the correction will kind of be a baseline. If you're using the correction as punishment for things that she knows better, right? So okay. just like with yes. humans, yeah, <laughs> it's a 55. You're going 85. You're getting pulled over. You're getting a ticket, right? You, you, what? I mean, I can literally anything that any human does. There's a consequence for at some point if you if you overdo it, if you abuse it, anything. Literally anything, staying up too late, you're tired, drinking too many beers, you have a hangover, you eat too much, you get overweight. Like literally anything that you do, you overwork, you're more tired. I mean, you overrun, your feet hurt. I mean, there's literally any single thing that we do as human beings. We, we keep ourselves in checks and balances. We make sure we don't do too much of, for the most part, you know what I'm saying, the ge- generally. So dogs right. dogs is, is, is very similar, okay? So when you say, hey, heal, you have to do a good job as a dog owner to really understand or really really make sure that the dog understands what that means. That's, that's okay. a, a baseline, like, basic thing that a lot of people overlook. Okay. If you get outside, your dog gets stimulated, and you say heal, and they know it well, and they push against it, and they say, I don't care what you say, that's where the correction comes in. And the correction is going to be universal. If you ask them to sit and they don't, correction. You tell them to come and they don't, correction. But all of those sequences, the dog has to know why they're getting punished it's not like you have to make sure that your dog knows it well enough to actually correct for it for the most part there is some intervention corrections of course that i talk about if your dog is actively trying to hurt something or someone at that point it's fair to correct the dog for that behavior because you just never want to see it again
1: right yeah and i guess what about in situations where she's not in arm's reach you know she's She's not on the leash. Well, then the question
0: to me is, is Tom, how do I, how do I control my dog off leash? And I would say, well, how much training have you done off leash? That's, that's the next question.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've got, so the neighbor right next to us has two tiny terriers as well. Mm -hmm. And it is war when they are both outside, um, between the fence. I mean, they're, they're barking like crazy and Mm -hmm. usually we can call our dogs off. Uh, Annie will second-guess it and go, but I could go back. You're not over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, no, got to come back over here.
0: Yeah, so that would be reinfor- – so talk about your reinforcement. So wh- whatever your reinforcement is. And, and like I said, that's where a lot of people kind of get it twisted with with my training or, or just training in general is, is I don't I, – I personally do not care what you use. I just can recommend okay. if you're going to go completely off-leash – the only thing that's going to really be universally applicable is going to be an e-collar. How else are you going to talk to your dog off-leash? You can't. Like you're not, Yeah, it,
1: it, and you that's know. why I want to reintroduce her for yeah. those situations.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> the same thing with like the long line. So even if you didn't have an e-collar and your dog went out and you said, come, and they're ignoring you, well, you've got to have reinforcement. No training is better than bad training. You might as well not say anything because you're going to ask. It's the same thing I talk about in my my videos is you're going to ask a dog to do something that they know, and they're going to ignore you, and that gives them an opportunity to take advantage of you. And if you do that every day, all day long with different things, your relationship by three days is garbage. And some people do that for a year to two years and plus. So when their dog comes in, their dog is disengaged in front of them, not paying attention to them, won't listen to them. You might as well let go of that leash because they don't give a crap about you. That's it. Okay. So you have to make sure whenever you ask her to do something, you have a fair reinforcement. But the first line of defense is making sure that they know what it is before you reinforce
1: it. Okay. So that introduction is really important. Yeah. I guess. So for the, the e-collar reintroduction. Yes. Uh I mean, I'll read as many resources and watch as many uh-huh. things as I need to, but I guess, do you have someone out here in Colorado you could recommend or?
0: No. Th- so the, the, the weird thing is, is I'm from, Col- I was born in Colorado. I, I go there, I'm, go- oh, okay. I'm going there next week. Like I'm there all the time. But the problem is, is I, I haven't found anybody in Colorado that I know that does behavior modification training. So I, I, I don't, I don't right now. Um, okay. I know that they're out there. There has to be. I just don't know who they are. Um, that's the only you know, benefit I would say to having social media and being able to connect to people is being able to give people information as I talk to them. But I would just – I don't. Where in, where in Colorado are you?
1: Uh, I'm in Aurora. I'm actually like 10 minutes from the airport.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I don't have anybody off the top of my head, but it's, it's interesting because I probably travel there the most and train and – vacation so it's 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 weird that i don't but i don't
1: (laughs) that's fair i mean i've i've looked at gosh so many dog trainers here and honestly i i don't know what to look for because you know somebody can say yeah no i've been training dogs for 10 years well it's been their dog for 10 years Uh,
0: i know i know trust me um, that's why that's why <laughs> half of the Colorado Rockies th- flew me out there for so long is because they couldn't that none of them could find a trainer there <laughs> I, I know I know because they're like we would love to find somebody locally they're, they're just not there or if they're there nobody knows about them that's the thing is like some people are like oh I'm, I'm not a big marketer I'm I, I don't you know I don't use social oh, yeah. media I'm like oh that's fine you don't have to use social media but but just so you know there's people who really need you that won't be able to find you so don't you know whatever anyway um, okay so yeah, as far as a trainer and in, in what you're looking for, I think the most important thing is, is that it makes sense to you. So again, okay. you already said two big, re- well, I mean, in my, of course, with my understanding and, and it's just my, it's my style of training, right? I, I don't want to say that everyone else is um, wrong, right, or indifferent, um, just like I wouldn't expect everybody to validate what I do because what I do is very in the moment context related, like I I, I work with the dog that's in front of me. But, I mean, the the two big things that I would be looking for is, like you said, my trainer, and, and I don't know if this is true because there's a lot of things that probably me and my team say to dog owners and they take it the wrong way and they go down the road and they say, they said this, and we're like, no, we didn't. Anyway, <laughs> it right. happens all the time, right? Because it's just <laughs> the reliance of the dog owner, you know, saying what they thought happened. But I mean, one of the things that you said is if your dog trainer is saying, you should always correct your dog if they're in, in front of you no matter what with the remote collar. Well, then how, how does that distinguish when they can break and be a dog? And does that imply that your dog can never be in front of you? Does that imply that your dog can never have a break when you're out? And if that's the case, then it's not my job to say I think that that's wrong, but that goes against everything that I do with dogs. And, and my that's why I work with a lot of people is because my style is digestible for many dog owners. It makes sense. Right? That's the difference. I'm not necessarily better than some people. I just I, – I think that I train the dogs that I work with like my own, and I don't have like a one-size-fits-all. So that doesn't make sense to me because, of course, when I break the dog and let them be a dog and go pee and poop and play with other dogs, they're going to be in front of me likely. So then they're going to get mixed signals and be confused and say, oh, <laughs> I got in front of them, and then they, they have anxiety, and that's what you're dealing with now is you have this anxiety yeah. because the dog probably doesn't know – the behavior that you want him or her, I'm sorry, her to do. So same same thing with (laughs) the other things that you spoke about with the remote, about just having, bringing the dog to a, so this is a perfect example because you watched that video last night. This is very important. So bringing the dog to the dog park and then correcting the dog with the remote collar on the stimulation when they're reacting to the other dog is that that's what happened, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay.
0: So last night you watched that healer video. This is, this is context. Like this is important because this can be counterdicting because what I'm about to say goes against what I did last night on video to 10,000 people. Right. So (laughs) here's the thing is you, you can't, I shouldn't say that. Okay. I don't correct. And I don't think it's fair to correct a dog with a remote collar, unless you're an intervention with the stimulation in particular. So there's the vibrate and the pager and then yeah. there's the stimulation, right? The stimulation is what really can go up and down. The vibrating pager stays the same. So on that video, I corrected the dog with the stimulation only because this guy's been working with the e-collar for over a year with the dog. So yeah. I, and I I mentioned that in the video, but that's really important context to understand that I did use the e-collar stimulation to correct the dog, to snap the dog and die di- discourage the dog's behavior from coming out of the van and not to mention in that particular video that dog also for whatever reason air quotes for the first time when i always laugh when dog owners say they've never done that because i'm like i hear that every day (laughs) in my life they've never done that i hear it every day it's so frustrating but that dog actually jumped out of the van and and there was a there was a um car getting or a dog getting dropped off for daycare ran after all yeah, the text yeah ran after the 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 car and hit the tire and like bounced off jeez and the dog owner was like oh that, she'd never done that i'm like oh okay first time for everything i guess right <laughs> whatever right so anyway so, so but th- those are my points like that's where you would correct the dog because they're about to die or they could die or they could get hurt or whatever so anyway right i hope that, yeah, that it, i hope that that makes sense how, clarifying all that for you
1: no, it does. I mean, when I watched how you used an e-collar versus how they were showing us to use an e-collar with her to begin with, I'm like, oh my God, no wonder she's freaking terrified. Right. I mean, I tried the setting that they had her on on myself and even I went, oh God, and I dropped it because yeah. I'm like, that is way too much. Yeah, there's, I mean, She's
0: you're 10 pounds. Six, yeah, your 16 <laughs> conditioning level that they're using, I mean, that's awfully high. I mean, that's a corrective level for me. I typically introduce the remote caller at a anywhere between a 3 and a 5. But they they you know.
1: told me to look for her baseline by waiting to see when she flinched.
0: Yeah, and th- and that's what that's why it's hard. It's cuz that's what some trainers do. And and it's not even necessarily a bad thing because it it's just the way that you you got to be able to pre- present that information better. You know, to not say it like I don't I would never say that. That's that's like that doesn't sound good for you as a dog owner, right? That's essentially yeah. what you're doing, but the way the <laughs> the way that I explain it is is you're going to, it's a hard, it's probably my most frequently asked question is how do I get a dog or how do I understand my dog's conditioning level? And the reality is, is because I've used the remote collar on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dogs every year for a, a while now, I just have a baseline of what I know they're going to respond to because the other 250 dogs I trained this year did the same thing. So that's kind of the advantage with me is I'll start off on a three or four or five because that's where dogs usually feel it. And essentially like, yeah, some people do that. They turn it up and they wait to get a external physical response, which isn't a, it's not a terrible, terrible thing. It's like a fly landed on a horse and they kind of twitch or they flick or they move their ears and they're like, Hey, what was that? You go, okay. So for me, I tell people you can do that. And, And all it is, is you're going up to see when the dog registers the remote and you'll be able to tell they'll, they'll do a flick. I don't necessarily say a, a flinch. That doesn't sound good because I, I, I don't necessarily look for a flinch either. I look for a, a twitch, or an eye flick, or an ear twitch, or and they're like, hey, what is this? It doesn't. They're not jumping through their skin. They're not yipping. They're not. They're not. They're not shutting down. They're like, what? What's? What is this? It's, did I get? What is this? So <clears throat> then you go, okay, that's their that's their corrective level start because there's different gates there's two different spectrums there's conditioning spectrums on okay my dog conditions lowest on a 3 but anything past a 5 is going to be a correction which is then you start the the low level of the spectrum of the correction levels which okay. the e-collar technologies has 100 levels so so anyway so i don't know i'm just kind of diving into what that means but essentially you could do it that way but what i say is i say hey here's a dog Let's start off on a five. And if they get a little uncomfortable with the five, you go right below that. And then once you find that conditioning level, that part's over. You don't do that ever again. You say, okay, anything above this is a correction. Anything above this is an aversive. Anything above this is going to be some sort of a punishment to the dog in one way, shape, or form. So for you to recondition this, what I would do is I would would do the best to just put it on the dog and and not – not use it for a while and i know that she gets afraid to even see it so i don't know yeah i mean i don't know she'll
1: how... go back into her crate if it's on her and just sit there pouting
0: okay well i think yeah that sucks and i and that's but that's because again that's what you'll get if you use the remote collar what happens is it's called a superstitious association so i don't like using these big terms with dog owners because it's overwhelming <laughs> But essentially, it's it's kind of like putting a remote collar on a dog and correcting them for, for – there's two big problems with that: is If the dog doesn't know what the e-collar is and where it's coming from, that's the first thing. And second to that, yeah. if the dog doesn't know the behavior well, then you're dealing with two things. The dog's trying to figure out why they're getting punished and what the hell is this punishment. That's why I condition so much on, hey, this is the I, – I don't – again, unless in, there's an intervention, I'm not going to correct the dog on the remote collar until they know fully what it is and usually that's about a week and a half into the e-collar training it doesn't go even above a five okay right so
1: and so do you usually use the stem in training or do you do the vibration
0: i don't ever use the vibration for, for conditioning that's a correction okay yeah okay but i also use dogtra which has a higher it has a more intense vibrate so i don't know some i've heard some clients using this using the vibrate for recall my vibrate on my collar that i have is a correction it's it's three times more intense than your e-collar tech so i'm not again like you got to read between the lines here. It's like there's a lot of um there's a lot of discretionary stuff depending on the equipment we're using the context, the dog you know but i just use low levels low level stim Okay. Yeah, so I ask a dog to sit, and I hold stimulation down on a four. The dog puts their butt on the ground, and I pay him, and the, and the stimulation stops.
1: Okay, yeah, and I've watched a couple of your um, older videos of introducing yeah. the e-collar using the stim, and uh, well, when I watched those, I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense than what I was showing. Right. Because those dogs are like, oh, yeah, I, I feel you I feel you poking me. All right, I'll sit yeah. down. No, Where's guy- my dog? She get hit with a 16 and go, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: And it ha- and it happens all the time. And and I had a I had a, uh, yeah, I I've told this story a couple of times, but the other day I was downtown and there was this I, there was this guy working with these this client, and I didn't I don't know him, uh, you know I I don't pay atten- I, I'm I'm really not in the dog training world. I try not to be anyway. I just I kind of do my own thing about educating owners and helping dogs. You know whatever. So anyway, I'm not really in the scene, if you will, especially locally. You know, I know a couple trainers throughout the country, but there's this, I can just hear this lady just saying, heal, 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 heal. I'm not, oh, even, yeah, no. I'm not even exaggerating. Like that's how much it was. And I turn around and this pit bull on harness is pulling her down the road and I can see this dog's neck twitching. Like you were saying, that's the, yeah. that's that area. The dog wasn't getting corrected. The dog just started to feel it aversively. The dog was like, okay, I feel this. I feel this. I feel this. I feel this. Right. Well, I I literally had to say something and I should have said more and I regret it, but I turned around and I said, does this dog know heel? And then the trainer grabbed the leash, pulled the dog away. I'm not, I swear to God, on my dog's life. This is not even exaggerating. He grabbed the dog, pulled it away in the harness, said, yeah, but she's kind of aggressive. Gave the leash, uh, gave the yeah, gave the leash back to the dog owner and said, "Let him do what he wants." And then I'm not even kidding you. This pit bull dragged this lady down on a harness down the road because he wanted to do what he wanted to do. And then I hear her down there again, heel, heel, heel. It was the worst exhibit of not only handling, e-collar use, e-collar introduction, and control with a dog I've ever seen. But the dog is going to be. A lot like the dog that you have, you know, where they're just timid of the e-collar because they're getting nailed for things they don't know what they're doing and they've never been properly introduced to it. So, again, is that guy wrong? Am I right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that doesn't make sense to me. And the proper introduction and the low-level stimulation is something that I adopted from the Monks of New Skeet here in New York. And that makes sense to me. That's why I do the things that I do is because I love – I'm a dog lover first. I'm a, I'm, yeah, a, I'm an mean, educator second, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's what I can really appreciate. That's why I've watched your videos for so long at this point, especially with her Yeah. because, you know, even though she's 10 pounds, if I wouldn't let a big dog do it, I'm not going to let her do it. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's the and same dog inside, you know?
1: It, it is. And, you know, people are like, oh, it's fine. She's cute. I'm like, no, that's not okay. I don't oh. want her doing
0: that. Yeah, definitely not okay there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of people. I don't know. It's like, for me, I, there's, there's, it's, it's hard. Like the more I see people like that guy in my neighborhood, I'm like, man, maybe, maybe they, you know, do need some sort of license to get an e-collar because people are just, they're just not doing it right. And then they look, make, make me look bad. You know, and that's exactly what it comes down to is there's a guy like that. So say you're a trainer that's trying to figure the dog world out and, or you're a dog owner and you're like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to train my dog. And they saw that shit show that I saw downtown the other day. I I would hate the remote collar, to be honest with you. If I didn't know yeah. any better, I'd be like, that looks terrible. Like that dog is not responsive, having a good time. And there's no control over this air quotes, aggressive dog. That's now pulling this owner. It was, it was some of the worst dog training I have ever seen in my entire life. I, I thought I was getting, I was like, where's Ashton Kutcher? I thought I was getting punked dead ass. I'm like, this is the, is this real? Right. But, there's, right. but, there, but the, the sad thing is, is, there's people like that all over the world. And I, and I hear these stories and it's not because I'm better or anything. It just means because of the job that I do, I go to somebody's house and they say, this is the training I've done. And me and my videographer, my manager, my team, were, we're blown away, blown away at some of the stuff that people are doing out there with dogs. Again, I we always sit down after you know lunch break. we're like, really? Like what? <laughs> and we always we always like make the conversation. we're like, do I am I really good or do people really suck? We're always trying we're always like kind of joking about that, but it's it's like true. is there's just people out there that just don't I don't I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know. So anyway, I
1: mean, it's almost information overload out there.
0: right, which is why I produce content, right? I'm gonna put out a video for free and hey, if you want to be in colorado and stumble up up across my video at night and you're like hey that helps me great you know that like you said there's so much out there and it gets overwhelming for dog owners it gets distraught and people get confused and that's why i just stay in my lane i'm like hey this is how i'm going to train this particular dog in front of me and by the end of this video you are going to see results and you are going to see a dog owner that says that this had helped me and my dog so if you can take a little bit from that and learn that's great so for your introduction or reintroduction, I think the e-collar because of your life is going to be beneficial because of the off-leash and the trails. Yeah. So the reintroduction—it <laughs> sounds like you have an idea because you've watched some of my videos on how to do it. You—you you almost have to because we get this this fearful going into the crate, running away type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would, I would just do the best you can. So you you, you might have to override that a little bit. Because, of course, the first five minutes you put it on, she's going to run in the crate and say, I hate this thing. Because somebody, in my opinion, used it wrong on the dog. Mm-hmm. But they're, they might get, you know, maybe halfway through the day, they get over it. And then the next day you do it again, and it takes less time and less time and less time and less time. Like, the last thing I want to do is make a dog stressed. You know, I but sometimes it's inevitable. It's like, okay, we have to get over this. We have to get through this. You know, there's just that stress that's kind of good. So I, I would say I would try a couple of days of it. Put it on. Don't even turn it on. You're gonna, you're gonna leave. If if this works and the dog starts to say, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. You're probably not gonna use it for like a month.
1: That's kind of what I had figured. Um, yeah, yeah, just because her reaction to it.
0: Yeah, I would just you know maybe first thing in the morning just don't make a big deal about it just put it on and then she's she might run away or she might go into the crate don't say anything don't say it's okay baby blah 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 just just say hey this is what we're doing so the so the less of a big deal you make it the better it's going to be for the dog okay like don't make it a and big I've, deal
1: i've also tried to give her you know some treats around it to you know yeah.
0: good feelings yeah so. yeah yeah oh yeah definitely yeah any po- if she'll take food it, it, I was under the assumption that she just went and shut down and cried but if 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 she takes food yeah i mean and sometimes what i do too is again like this is that compulsion this is that in my opinion this positive compulsion or this 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 beneficial compulsion of what you're dealing with is somebody misused the remote collar right or somebody mm-hmm. did the remote collar wrong for your dog but you have an option to say, okay, well, then I can never, if I don't help this dog get over the remote collar and use it in a way that makes sense, that is beneficial for the dog and not aversive, if I don't do that, then my dog's going to be on the leash for the rest of their life. She's only a year and a half. You live in, you know, hiking Trail Central. Oh, yeah. So, so, the, so the the stress for a week may be beneficial long-term for the rest of this dog's life that will she'll live, you know, 12 to 15 years maybe who knows so
1: oh yeah she's so, she's smarter
0: <laughs> yeah so that's that's what that's you know that's what you have to look at is maybe taking the leash taking the slip leash and just putting it on and if she tries to remind just hold the slip leash and just get out some turkey some chicken she comes over and she takes that yes good 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 and then that's what you do in the morning you just give it to her and you don't turn it on and you just recondition it and re- re-desensitize it because in the beginning like I said I put the remote collar on a dog. I I use a three or four stimulation out of 127. The dog barely feels it. Humans don't register it on their face until about 11 on their arm, about 27. I'm using a three or four, and I'm just conditioning in very basic stuff so the dog understands the stimulation and where it's coming from. What a lot of people do, like what your trainer did, is they put it on and immediately use it as a correction for unrealistic things such as never pulling the leash and whatever. So yeah. 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 (laughs) So so I get it. I, I mean, it, it makes sense why she's like that. And, you know, that's just a bad example of, in, in my opinion, of how that should be done for those reasons, right? And that's why there's a lot of people that can say the e-collar is terrible. I'm like, well, if you do it that way, I don't know if it's terrible, but your dog's not going to like it the way that they should. And you're not going to be yeah, able to I utilize mean, it, you know?
1: My my family members have seen her reaction to it, and they're just like, that thing's terrible. And I'm sure. like, It can be used so well,
0: though. I know. I know. That's the hard thing. You're like, well, look at this other lady or guy that does it well. Like, Yeah, well, your dog's not that. Whoever did that did not, you know, so whatever. But the the thing is, here's the thing, is that individual who trained your dog could also go out and do that to another dog that maybe has more confidence or maybe is just, I don't know, has a more stimulation tolerance and they might train it fine. But it's just a mess. You know, it's just a mess. Just like do it right. You know, just like that one oh, yeah, guy I yeah. saw. I mean, I can't believe people pay that individual for for that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I know. That's why would
1: I – yeah, you said that, and I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. Good and night. It, it was almost like they set – I don't think they purposely did, but it, it kind of felt like they set her up for failure. Oh, Because they yeah. were like yeah. – she was losing her shit, and they're like, no, yeah. let's get closer. And I'm like, but she's losing her shit yeah. now. Why would you get closer?
0: Right. And then, yeah, it's it's a mess. Anyway, so well, I'm glad you found my videos and and my content, and we were able to kind of grind this out and get the kinks out. But yeah, I mean, it it is what it is, right? I mean, there's just it just it's it's part of it. It doesn't matter what you. It doesn't matter if you're in the candle making business or you're training dogs or you're making wreaths for Santa. Somebody's gonna be doing it completely different that doesn't look good, doesn't benefit the client, and they're gonna keep getting paid because they're you know people need help, so they're out there. And just I'm I'm glad that you have understood and highlighted the difference between something that makes a little bit more sense versus something that doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, It, I mean, it, what you say all the time in your videos, it's so good to have that. You know, you, They have to know it's bad. And how are they going to know it's bad if you don't tell them
0: yeah.
1: in a way that they understand it? I mean, I, I've babysat so many children when I was younger that I wouldn't give them candy if they were bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably the experience you worked with, with the positive only train in the beginning. was. Like what? why why am I why am I rewarding this dog for things I don't like? That doesn't that
1: it doesn't make sense at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a tough world out there for the dog owners. I get it. That's why I do what I do.
1: <laughs> right. And you must be extra busy through the pandemic.
0: And I can't yeah, it's insane. I can't we can't keep up. But like again, like those are two contra like that's the thing, right? That's where we're like a good balanced dog trainer air quotes is like some of the stuff that i do right you get positive only who's just like we're never going to correct and say no i know i know places locally here that aren't even allowed to tell their dogs in daycare no they can't oh yeah it's crazy yeah there's a place here that um that like and of course like that's crazy shit so like the word goes around like that's what they're doing yeah, there's yeah. and we'll, we'll get their clients and stuff sometimes too, and, and vice versa or whatever. But yeah, they're not even they're not even allowed, like the daycare uh, staff tenants aren't even allowed. They're not allowed. They're definitely not allowed to correct dogs, but they're not allowed to uh, say no to dogs either. Like they can't oh tell dogs no. Yeah, right. So there's that, and then there's the other end of the spectrum, similar to maybe what you were dealing with.
1: Yeah. Well, and I you, saw that <laughs> Borobo you went and took care of in Montana? was it Minnesota? Montana. Yeah, Montana. Yeah, and. I heard its story about being trained and yeah. at a board train, and it, they're like, oh, yeah, it was, he was basically kept in a crate yeah. for yeah. the entire – I'm like, oh, my yeah. God.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough, and, and that's why like I just – that's why I – I don't know. I don't know what I am. I'm an advocator. I'm an artist. I don't know what I am, but the more I work with people and the more I realize how toxic the dog training world is is I'm definitely not a dog trainer. It's something I don't want to be involved in. I actually don't, it's not about the dogs for me at all. It's actually about the people. So you get it. Yeah.
1: Yep. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, <laughs> uh, any, any other questions before we, I, I head out to my other uh, session here?
1: Oh, no. you. I uh, really appreciate your time. That's I know right. you got a really busy schedule, but yeah, I'm, Annie's kind of my world now, so anything I can do to communicate to her and not make the world so confusing, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would just go back to the basics and spend your time developing these things and just put the e-collar on. Don't use it for as long as you possibly can, and um, sounds like the prong collar's really, really been helping out. And uh, if you have any questions in the future, we can sign back up and get back into it.
1: All right, right, will do. Thank you.
0: All right, great. Have a good week. Thank you aren't you guys we're at the end of the podcast where i'm going to be answering your questions you leave on the review page on my podcast this this is a five-star review uh labeled you are invaluable by i think love for peace maybe so thank you so much for the review appreciate it a lot and so the question is is i adopted a six-month-old and i don't know i don't know if she's been socialized as a puppy how do i help with her confidence and socialization. She is nervous in every situation, a cardboard box brought into the house, or she'll go and she'll run away and she'll hide. Um, It's no way for a brilliant athletic dog to live. I agree. Uh, And then the end is, it may come down to genetics, lack of uh, socialization before I got her and the typical blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I would agree. Um, So confidence building is essentially, uh, on on a grand scheme of things, I think it's a lot of just desensitization. So, like, when we talk about desensitization, that means just being in a situation that makes you confident, right? Where you go in, like, think about as a dog, right? You go into PetSmart, right? It could be really scary or really exciting. You go in there, and there's all these stimulating things. There's all these smells. There's these squeaker toys. There's these bones. Like, that's a good experience. But if you go in there and your dog, you know, trips over something or a broom falls and they freak out, that may make them vulnerable and insecure and fearful. So I think just a lot of uh, a lot of guidance, a lot of leadership. So ignoring her a lot and, and taking charge. So your handling is going to come into play. So there's handling and there's desensitization. So what I would do is go out, maybe with your leash and your collar set up, whatever you're using, put your shoulders straight. Don't look at your dog and move forward and walk through some of these situations. And also just letting her soak in some situations as well. So like you said, yeah, it could be genetics. It could be... So lack of socialization but what you need to do is you can battle that with your confidence and handling put your shoulders straight grab that leash walk through like you own the place and really help guide her through these situations that's the best thing to do uh, in my opinion right now to, to start that obedience is just or confidence is just get out there put her in situations where she's going to be comfortable put her into situations where you're going to be able to help her understand that the places that she's in isn't scary by positive reinforcement and by guidance and leadership on your end. All right, so we got another one, Dog Lover 0109, Tom Davis Review, five stars. Thank you so much. I'm a huge fan. I love what you do. I have a question. I have an eight-year-old German Shepherd, and he's reactive at dogs, and it's become more fearful because of how tall he is when he would take him to a dog park and the tiny dogs would attack him in his feet. Got it. If you could give me any tips, please give them to me because I want him to have more exercise. Uh, So the question essentially is, it sounds like, is they have an 8-year-old German Shepherd. He's reactive to other dogs has become more fear reactive because of how tall he is so i don't know if the context is is how do i make him more confident in the dog park or not but um that's all i got right here and and, and so the dog park just in general is not going to be like a great place to build socialization and confidence because of this reason dogs get picked on dogs get bullied some dogs have a great time don't get me wrong if your dogs likes the dog park whatever go do you that's totally fine but I think as far as exercise go, what I would do is just work on your obedience and just your walking. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have your. Do- it's kind of, it's nice to have your dogs just go and, and lay down and and or I'm sorry, run around with a bunch of other dogs. It's kind of like a good way to expend some energy. But what I would do is just be focusing on the the energy and the and the and the draining that you you could be doing with your dog with obedience, mental and physical. So I I would just suggest. Don't go to the dog park because your dog obviously isn't having a good time there, but also just do physical and mental stimulation. So going out for walks, doing obedience, um, really asking your dog to do some things with accountability. That'll get your dog's uh, gears going and and be really beneficial. So I hope that that helps. I think those are the only ones we have right now. Um, So yeah, if you guys want to ask me questions, I'll answer them at the end of this podcast. All you have to do is go over to the podcast, leave your review and I'll answer them. Thank you guys so much for listening. I